and welcome to episode 17 of the Ola Guapa podcast. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Nisha Batesh. I'm also the founder and creative at Ola Guapa, a digital community of almost 12,000 artists and creatives from all over the world. A blog, a website, an online shop, podcast, and most recently, a small batch slow fashion line. On this podcast, we take creative conversations even further sharing the real stories, tips, and tricks the artists in this community have found on their journeys to success. Meet Bridget Thompson, fellow textile designer and lover of travel and anthropology. On this episode, we chat through the rich history of textiles and fabric design, including fiber and fabric technology, as well as textiles, social, political, and cultural impacts on the fashion and interior design industries. Bridget is not only knowledgeable and experienced in her craft, but also passionate beyond her years. What I loved learning most about her creative journey is how, like me, she also works a nine to five in an industry she loves, and in her spare time, she's focused on building and growing her creative hustle and brand. You truly can do it all. It's refreshing to hear her candor as she recalls the highs and lows she's faced to this point, balancing being an entrepreneur, designer, and adult. So if you're at all interested in textile design or learning more about building or creating your own brand while also working a day job, then this is the episode for you. And with that, let's get into the show. I am Bridget. I'm a surface pattern designer. I've worked in textiles and fashion, um, and I'm now a full-time wallpaper designer for a company called Wall Shop. Um, but I, we also do fabric for upholstery and um, table, etc., home goods. Um, and I love to create drawings and print and pattern designs for like any kind of surface output. Awesome. Yeah, I know, as we previously chatted about that, um, you know, you and I have always kind of shared that love for textile design. And as you know, shared in your written feature on Ola Guapa that you got a lot of this passion and inspiration through traveling with your dad at a really young age and kind of, um, you know, finding all of the different textiles that were indigenous to the different places that you were traveling. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And then I want to get caught up all the way to current day. Awesome. So yeah, actually, I did travel a lot as a young person. Um, like weirdly enough, my dad has this niche working in the airline industry, um, which he has done my whole life. And so a great like benefit of that is being able to travel with your family. So I kind of grew up traveling to different places. One of our, I think our first family vacation, like outside of the United States was in Brazil, um, because like he had business there. So that was like so eye-opening to go there as a young person, like a completely different place from where I, where I grew up in Northern California. And um, kind of since then, I spent a lot of my younger teenage, young adult years traveling. And I studied anthropology and art as well um, as a college student. So I kind of built that aspect of traveling into my interests, into my education. And of course, textiles and like seeing different textiles around the world, like was part of that as well. Yeah, that's so cool. I always kind of, uh, I always get inspired, you know, by 
finding out how other people get inspired and something with textiles that's super specific, especially in the world of anthropology, if you share both loves is, you know, being able to really support the people who are creating those textiles from all around the world as well. So that's such a cool tie in. Yeah, and I think that like, especially with fabrics and textiles, there is such um, like a much more rich history outside of the United States in places like Mexico, Guatemala, um, like West Africa, and just kind of like realizing that um, there's a lot of like history with with textiles and with fabric and kind of like human history and society, socio-political history that it all makes it like this like incredible art form that um, I think like really inspired me on multiple levels, like visually, intellectually, you know, with my heart and soul. And um, yeah, I think that you're, you're very much right in speaking to like kind of learning about the cultures behind different kinds of fabric, um, more so than just, you know, myself as an artist creating designing, you know, whatever I think looks cool or good. I think that very much so you can get into a deeper, richer history with fabric and textiles. Yeah, I totally, I, I love that. And I totally agree with you. I think it's interesting too with artists, whether or not you choose your medium or your medium chooses you. And it sounds like it totally shows you in a variety of different ways. Like you said, you know, from everything that you've studied to what you're doing now. And so I kind of want to um, dive into that a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of what you studied in school and then how that path took you to the current roles that you're in today. Yeah, I, I love that you say it chose me. I think that's so awesome because it totally has kind of always been there, like following me around, you know, and <laughs> it wasn't until I like gave into it more. But so I, um, yeah, I always loved fashion design and would like didn't really necessarily like study it like in a hard skill sense um, a lot in college. Like I always did workshops and um, just kind of was obsessed, of course, with fashion, but um, it wasn't until I, um, I worked in fashion after college, and then I actually went back to grad school to do my master's in fibers, which is basically textile design, um, so I kind of, for me, the, the formal education was just kind of a part of my journey, and um, I actually love school and I love learning, so it was okay for me to do that. And um, I think also getting it at that intellectual level was really just fulfilling for me personally. Um, and yeah, and so I, it's, it has taken me to a professional designer now for about you know the past three and a half years. Yeah, I love that you say that because I think you know, within the textile industry, there is so much to learn about, even kind of what you were going back to, you know, whether it be from like a inspiration or passion perspective, when you're learning about different people's cultures and backgrounds and how different textiles are made. And it's all really very much slow fashion, if you will. There's nothing fast or quick about it. And I think it's kind of that same process when you're studying like fibers and fabric technology, and there's so much to learn. And with technology moving so quickly, I'm sure that that helped incredibly when you're applying it to like a professional career in in textile related industry. Yeah, 100%. And of course, you know this because you also studied textiles, but it's true. It's like, I at some point I needed those hard skills of like learning the new technology. And um, like, it's just, you have to kind of keep up with those things. And even now, like I tell undergrad students, like, learn as many like, Obviously, I'm a huge fan of of artisanal 
um, like skills and methods and of craft in general, but it is really important to incorporate technology and kind of like learn about fiber technology um, if you are interested in like, you know, pursuing it as a career. Um, and if that's your path is as a designer per se, maybe not necessarily as a, as a fine artist, but it's something yeah, that's, that's really kind of, interesting. Yeah. That's kind of what I like about your journey so much is that, you know, you're doing both for me when I graduated, I, the, the thing that I loved most about textiles was really getting to work with my hands and sort of get messy. And I was, I know you did screen printing as well, but that was like really where my, my heart and my passion lied. And so when I went to go start applying for jobs after college, it was all digital. Everything was like doing new colorways and resizing and scaling. And it was just all on computers. So it, it seems like you're really living in both worlds right now, you know, in your kind of professional career and then as well as growing your own business and brand. So how do you sort of balance the two? Do, do you lean into one and the other to kind of support the other or talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, 100%. And I think that anyone who's interested in like in textiles in general knows that battle of like the hand, you know, your handwork versus your digital work and um, that was a great thing about being in school is being able to explore both and like incorporate both into my work, um, which was amazing. Like I loved like machine knitting. I mean, that's still using technology, but it's more tactile. Um, but in my work now, I like, I mean, digital definitely comprises a lot of my work. And, and like you, you know, as a designer, you're just like busting out colorways, you're like creating repeats, you know, three repeats in a minute, just kind of, it's kind yeah. of crazy. But, um, but yeah, I, I am, you know, I'm an artist too. And I sometimes I'll have to like, take a break and just draw, or like scan in paintings and just completely like, you know, we're not machines, like, we have, for me, I personally really believe in having some kind of like, um, painting or like hand drawing practice, because while digital is amazing and I love it, it's not really totally satisfying all of the time. Yeah, I love that. And it, it seems like, again, like you really kind of get to lean into both with what you're doing in, in your nine to five career. Can you kind of talk a, us to us in a little bit more detail about that aspect of um, your creative journey? And then I also want to dive into, um, you know, your own brand and business that you're developing as well. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so <laughs> with the nine to five, um, it is it is that it is my day job, but it also is a, a way for me to explore my own creativity. And I'm in the industry of interiors, which is really interesting. Um, it's actually really amazing. I feel like there's a lot of freedom with interiors and like kind of interior design, at least compared to fashion in my experience. And um, I would say that I'm very much encouraged to explore creativity and like any, you know, art and design related industry, you always want to create new things, new exciting things, like something that's ahead of the trend, ahead of the curve. And that's where I think having that kind of art practice of um, the balance between the digital and the hand comes in because that allows for so much more experimentation and um, just kind of like you need that space to be creative. Yeah, I, I love that you talk about that. and and. I think the whole reason I'm asking so many questions about that portion of your creative journey is because I think that often like what I've found is is sometimes on social media, you can be portrayed one way. And I love to really be like transparent about the conversation and share that like 
during the day you're building your skill set and you're totally staying creative and focused, but you are working, um, you know, to be honest, at a job that brings in a paycheck while you're still building your brand and your business. And I think that that's, it's okay to be able to say that you're doing it all. And what I really love about that, especially like during some of these creative conversations is that it, it often seems like people think it's going to take away from building their business and their brand. And what you've done is you've created a space where it's actually going to foster and support your business and your brand staying within the same industry, but obviously kind of honing into different skill sets. So I want to talk a little bit about the brand that you're developing and, and kind of get your whole, um, your whole spiel there as well. Yeah. And Misha, let me say just to that point also, um, like a little anecdote is that, um, so I love this artist. Her name is Lucy uh, Simpson. I think her Instagram is like Lucy M. Simpson. And I was like always so inspired by her super experimental work. She does like um, fibers and she uses like resin. And um, I was kind of following her when she was in grad school in Italy and just loving her work. And then I noticed that she kind of stopped posting on Instagram and she ended up getting like a job for like a huge like fashion house in Italy. Um, and I was like, I can, not that I can relate to that part of her experience, but I can just relate to the part of like, when you're really full in, um, you know, another business or company and you can't necessarily post like the work that you're doing or that you're working on. And I think you're completely right in saying that, um, you know, I'm building, I'm building my skills in other ways and kind of just acknowledging that even, even if like, I'm not creating all the work that I want to be creating as an artist all the time, I just have to have patience with that. And I know you've talked about that in your other podcast episodes about creative cycles. Um, so yeah, but to the point of my, of my own brand, I am, I basically sell like print and pattern design and uh, kind of freelance with clients and kind of consult them on projects and create prints based on the projects that they're working on. And it's kind of been like an up and down of having some work, having no work. And it's really all about the time and the effort and the energy that I'm putting into it. Um, so it's really interesting, you know, trying to start as a creative business entrepreneur um, and then just realizing it's going to take so much more time than I could have ever imagined. I know, doesn't it? It's always like, okay, well, here's my, here's my business plan, three months, six months, nine months and a year. And then it's like a year and you did like half the stuff, but you don't understand like how long everything takes. And I think even from like an outsider's perspective, like I've had that same experience with friends and family where they're like a year from now, you're going to do that. And I'm like, it, I have to learn all these other things to get to that place where I can, you know, execute. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about kind of like what have been some of the toughest parts in starting your own business? Maybe what surprised you the most and then what's been the most rewarding? Okay. Yes. So the toughest parts I would say is kind of my own self battle, which is, sounds really cheesy to say, but it's really true. I started working with a friend who's building like a digital agency. It's called Saturday-ish. And, um, you know, he basically was like, you have, you have to just do it, like, and get out of your own way. And all this stuff that we hear about from like every creative entrepreneur book and self-help guide, but it's really true. So I think the biggest struggle is kind of just figuring out, okay, what do I really want? And just 
talking to myself and like figuring out um, those things with myself. And then the biggest surprise I think has just been how like positively my work has been received by even just like my friends and family who I are already supportive, but just even strangers who um, have just been like, I'll buy this, I'll, you know, like do this for me. And I'm like, okay, I guess I have to, like, it's been really um, amazing to just kind of come out of that like self doubt and um, yeah, just go for it. Um, it's a journey for sure. Yeah. And I think that's like such a good point as well, because often a really like theme that keeps repeating itself on this podcast is self-doubt. And I think it's just in all of us. I, I think whether you're creative or not, there's always kind of that like uh, record playing of self-doubt and it's kind of whatever you do to, to turn it off and say, shh, go away. Is there mm -hmm. anything that you can speak to? Is there a book, a podcast? Um, I, I know you love music. Is there anything that you're doing right now that's really kind of helping you to calm down that chatter? Yeah, absolutely. I think, so something I'm focused on actually like in this moment, just like at this time, is kind of finding myself as an artist again and um, just having fun with it. And I think just like trying new things. I'm, I'm starting like a ceramics class next month and just expand that. like just remembering like kind of hushing that self-doubt with like just going for all these other things and just like kind of just forgetting about it honestly and just yeah. like remember you know remembering like myself and like remembering what inspires me which can easily melt away when you're you know grinding as a designer and <laughs> simultaneously adulting so I think just finding that inspiration again of art and um, yeah music is amazing as well for sure yeah and I know like one of the things that you've mentioned is how important it is for you to be an entrepreneur and to turn your art into a business and it seems like right now you're in this like very like open space of working on freelance projects and commissions and sort of reaching out to friends and family and word of mouth and, and even like taking these classes, like you're just open to different mediums and techniques. And it's like, you're doing all that. And eventually you'll land in one spot where you can sort of hone in, find your niche or maybe not and build and continue building your business and your brand that way. Why is it so important for you to turn your art into a business? Because I always find this topic fascinating like why not just work in your career make your money that way and then you know do this on the side for fun yeah 100 percent. and like at times it does feel like kind of this goal that I just created for myself and I'm like yeah. that, like why is that there like why is that on my calendar you know? yeah like, I could be at the beach or something but um <laughs> I I just I just have it in me honestly I um, my mom is an entrepreneur and like her dad was an entrepreneur and I, um, I just feel like I want that challenge. Like I want that challenge in life and as an artist and it's, it's very fulfilling and like to me to be able to create my own designs. And, um, I don't know if you can speak to that as well, but it just like, your work honestly inspires me so much also um, and like your drive and the way that you uplift the community. And I think that like, if I can do that for other people too, one day, like that would be amazing to like inspire people through my art. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's possible. I, I believe it's in within reach. So, you know, I, 
maybe it's my naive optimism, but I, I have always had that plan for myself to run my own creative business. No, it definitely is. And, and thank you for saying all those sweet things. I think it's, it's such a good point because it's almost like your medium, like you just don't choose to be like, it's just something sort of like beyond, like you said, it's like a goal that you created for yourself. And sometimes like I have that same feeling where I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, okay, wait, I just worked all day and now I have to do this and this and this, but those are all like checklists that I created for myself. Um, so it can be really hard, but it's almost just like this larger pull, like you have to create, you have to keep putting out content, you have to keep putting out art, like it's just in you. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's like a purpose. And for me, it's something I prioritize, you know, I, I'm completely invested in my career and my passion. And I will, you know, I will work day and night to, um, to contribute to that. Like, it's kind of more important to me than, you know, other things like, having just being comfortable in a job <laughs> like as yep. you said make your money and like which yep. is great and like sometimes I'm like that really doesn't sound so <laughs> bad <laughs> yeah no I, I hear you because it's it's exhausting it can be exhausting often but uh, it's probably rewarding too you know for all the effort that you give it's like you get so much back a hundred percent and I remember like having just had graduated college and trying to start my own business and literally knowing absolutely nothing and just having that drive and I think that like the whole reason I created Olaguapa was to create that space that I just didn't feel like I had at that time where it was like a community of artists doing the same thing like I often felt like whoever I was reaching out to like they already had it all figured out and I was like trying to figure out what that secret sauce is and I kind of wish at the time somebody had told me like there's no secret sauce it's just hard work and dedication and that's really all you can do every single day when you wake up. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you can relate too. Is there anything that's kind of surprised you about building a business? Anything that you would do, anything that you would do differently? I know like, for example, a lot of the social media aspect for me wasn't something that I had originally planned to spend so much time in or on. I know you also have built your own gorgeous website. Is there anything, um, you know, any kind of tips, tricks, tools that you, you could share um, for the females coming up behind you um, in regards to starting your own business? Sure. So something that seems foundational to me is having a creative community and having other you know, friends who are painters or artists or designers around you who have similar, who share similar values because having that motivation and impetus around you kind of also, you know, helps you to work more. And I've done collaborations with friends, which has been so helpful and also helped me create more work. Um, and then I would also say that you need help. <laughs> um, like I have, you know, worked with this organization in LA called the Forward Female. And it's a great group of female entrepreneurs and just having that kind of community and support and people who are gonna hold you accountable and like see you like succeed. So I would say community is, is foundational. And then also just patience with yourself, not being too hard on yourself, knowing that everything will take time. I mean. I'm assuming that if you're interested in, in having your own business, you're probably a pretty proactive person. And, um, and Nisha, and I'm sure you can relate. It's kind of just like having that patience of like knowing that timing 
is everything. And then I would also say just not doing anything for free. <laughs> um, you know, like value yourself, charge, charge for your value. And because those things really add up and your time adds up. And um, yeah, it's important to make that money. I love, I love that. And I think that's probably something that people struggle with the most too, is finding sort of a rhythm or a roadmap around how to um, charge for their work. And I think that that can always be a touchy subject because often if you don't understand art, you don't always understand the value or what goes into the back end of creating something. Like I think, you know, I've talked about it before on the podcast where it's like, it'll take you two hours. Let's say you're a photographer, it'll take you two hours on set, but all the experience and all the knowledge that you're bringing to that set, it also goes into, you know, an overall cost. Is there any sort of tool that you use to help gain confidence around charging for your work? Yeah, I would say, um, again, like using my community and like, I have like a, a WhatsApp group message with my friends from grad school who are from all over the world. And I'm like, okay, how much do you make in your job? What's your salary? That. Like, it's so important. And it's yeah. so like, it's like a, such a relief to open up that conversation. And um, we'll text like every couple of weeks. Okay, I'm doing this project for a client. It's, I'm charging this, this, this. And, you know, and then the others will be like, yeah, like <laughs> charge more. Or, you know, I charged this amount on, on a similar project. And like, yeah, it's such a gift to have those those people around you. And if you don't, I, I mean, there's like so many resources online to um, learn about that. And personally, I've used the Textile Design Lab, um, which is a great resource. They do like workshops and classes and you can download templates and PDFs to send to clients. And, you know, I, I had done that in one of the first freelance projects I was working for. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to create a price sheet. And which is so basic, but like foundational, of course, um, and great to have just in your like in your back pocket to pull out. Um, and like, that's something in all transparency, I'm, I'm completely still working on total work in progress, you know, and I'm sure it will be until I, I really work the kinks out of like, what I'm charging and what my work is and who it's for. So totally, that's, that's like that that thing that kind of keeps pushing you to keep going because even like, even now, but I remember like more so when I first kind of started my own creative journey where somebody would say like, I would reach out to a store that I loved that I wanted to be a part of and I wanted them to carry my work and they would say, okay, can you send over a line sheet? And I was like, what's a line sheet? But to them, I was like, yes, of course, I'll send that over to you by end of day. And I would just like Google it really quickly. So I think that you know, being able to share those resources like the design lab where it's like you, it can potentially make that process a little easier or just make the resource more read, readily available for those who are still on that, that journey themselves, I think is really helpful and very valuable to, to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I, um, like, it's funny how even having studied this in school, and we took a lot of classes about like professional practices and, you know, I did internships and everything, but of course nothing's going to prepare you for that moment when they're like, give us a line sheet and you don't know what that is. Like it just takes experience, which is totally cool. That's why we're in this game. We're just yep. learning. 
And I love that you, you created your own little community of, you know, girls that you met in school. And I think to your point, you know, there's tons of, of places and resources where you can do that. I know um, when I had Alice Mulder on the podcast, she was talking about creating um, a community like within a cafe. So kind of just saying from three to six on the first Thursday of every month, we go to a cafe and we all just bring our art there and we just create there together. And often you can kind of bounce ideas back and forth, like whether it's, whether you're doing a line drawing or you're working digitally on an iPad or you're knitting or whatever it might be. It's just so important to have community, whether it's digitally over a WhatsApp group, whether it's, you know, meeting in a cafe once a month, whatever it might be. But I think that that can often get lost and you can feel extremely alone and isolated if you're not making the effort to build that and to have that yeah and unfortunately it does take some like personal motivation to seek that out and um like it is very important but i mean also being in los angeles i've been here for almost two years now and it's a great creative community there is fortunately like there's so many art shows and galleries and exhibits that like you kind of have to actively not be like looking for that to seek it out and to find it and um like in general it's a it's a creative place to be and that's why i moved here you know it's a great place for design and inspiration and especially some of the inspiration that i'm really drawn to which is like california you know uniquely californian design some like mid-century modern aspects and then also like technically um, Los Angeles has like the best quote unquote natural lighting um, in the world, which is a really cool fun fact. <laughs> you're um, in the right place. <laughs> yeah, it's it's your environment absolutely like makes a difference for sure. Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't agree with that more. And I think even in terms of like building community, I'm not sure what the other um, you know girls in in your chat do, but it's like even cross mediums, I think can be really helpful too. One of the things I know that you're passionate about talking about is hustling for clients. Can you touch on that a little bit and kind of share what, what that means to you? And you know, if, if your community has, has sort of helped to bridge that gap or any of those conversations as well? Yeah, definitely. I think that what hustling for clients means to me is basically not holding back from reaching out to people that you wanna collaborate with or artists or, um, like people who are going to buy your work, like company, companies, businesses, even if that means like doing like a, I know I said, don't do anything for free, but if that means being like a pro bono for like a good cause or something like that, I think like, it's kind of like no shame when it comes to like um, advocating for yourself and something that, yeah, my, my friends have taught me who are designers um, in like New York, Guatemala, India, is that um, to, to like keep your network strong and like maybe someone needs your help for like their nine to five business. Um, one of my friends in Guatemala like works for her, um, her mom's company. It's kind of like a family business and they partner with artisans, um, in indigenous communities in Guatemala. And, um, like there's always something there that I know that if I was interested in pursuing like some kind of work or collaboration that, that's an option. And I think like, just kind of like, main, honestly, like having a professional network 
um, I think is part of that like clients and which is why I'm so grateful for being a full-time designer as well because as much as like I want to be my own artist and freelancer um, having that network is like pretty pretty priceless yeah and it's it's another kind of like learned skill set which I think often isn't like talked about during school or college or even like high school which I feel like it should be talked about at such an earlier age but networking is definitely a skill and I think it doesn't come super easy to everybody. So you kind of have to practice to, to get to where you want to be. Is there a um, sort of an experience that you can share where, you know, you're creating your strong network has really paid off or, or a moment that you're kind of thinking of as you bring this up? Yeah, I would say um, that, so I'm, so I moved to Los Angeles, like I said, about a year and a half, two years ago. And I basically knew that once I got here, I was going to be networking low-key all the time. And I went to a sample sale for this fashion brand and just was like talking to some people there and ended up having a conversation with someone who was looking for a print pattern designer. And I uh, made some drawings for their brand. And it was like a really cool experience that like I couldn't have planned for, but it was really all because I was just networking and without even realizing it. And um, I think just like staying in touch with those people and like keeping them in your network and like following up with them throughout time is just um, like, it's really cool how you can kind of, and for me, I, I do like to travel too. So it's like fun to be like, okay, I know this person in this place and, and this person here. Um, but it, you know, it really depends on you being able to keep those connections because you could be the most talented artist in the world, but like no one would know your work. So it's really just kind of like what your personal motivation is um, with your goals and like your creativity. Yeah, I love that you touch on that because I think it's been sort of an interesting journey. Like as I reach out to artists or they reach out to me just in terms of building the Olaguapa community. And that's kind of in a way what I see as my network. Um, I would never like call it that, but I guess, you know, it, it, it is that. And I think something that I've always mentioned and kept in the back of my mind is just um, be nice because yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's sometimes it's hard to remember, especially when we're dealing, we're talking over screens so much. And it's not even like, um, you know, it's not even that, anybody would be mean or go out of their way to be mean, but I just mean that you never know how that connection with that person is going to come back full circle, whether it be two weeks from now, two years from now, or like a decade from now. So it's, it sounds like you have a it's, personal experience it's so there. True. No, it's so true. And especially if you're in a niche industry, like doing print pattern designs or like specifically focused on one art form, you're probably going to interact with those people again, like from a previous job or what have you. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I guess we're, we're learning today that professionalism is an important skill to have as a creative, um, you know, which is kind of like counterintuitive because you would think that we would be like, you know, like, do you, you know, forget about like social niceties, like focus on your art. But um, yeah, it is really important. Yeah, I think that's definitely like something that society kind of has always put on artists and creatives. It's like, 
well, they're this other thing and, and professional is over here and they're just not a part exactly. of that world. And I think that a lot of the artists that I speak to, including you, they're really like doing everything to change that narrative. So I think that that's really powerful to share that as well. Yeah, and I think it adds value to our work. Like, you know, we're seen as a whole person. And um, something that I was thinking about too is that we're like, I'm not just an artist. Like, you're not just an artist. You are a content creator. You're a marketer. You're like a brand curator. Like, and we know this, of course, but it's just, it's funny how, yeah, society um, kind of sees us in one way or it, yeah, there's just, it would just be great if, the value of artists could just rise and just be <laughs> uplifted because it is a lot of work. And um, I don't know, I, I think things are going that way in general. And obviously with um, just visual art and like Instagram, I think that like there's a lot more value placed on what we're looking at every day and the, like the beauty and aesthetics of, um, of everything. I totally agree. And I think that's something that's always been kind of interesting for me is like, when I first fell in love with fashion, it was sort of always about the end result. Like, yeah, I was always a curious person. And I always wanted to know, I guess I, I guess I was fascinated by process, but not as much as I am today. And not as much as I've started, you know, building my own brand. And I think being like super transparent about my process, like I think something that I always keep in the back of my mind is like my product is my process. And I think being able to share that with my community is something that has sort of like liberated me in a sense. It's not just this like picture perfect shirt where every detail is perfect and it's presented on a silver platter or this like pair of earrings that's just like here you go it's like I like to take whoever the the end um wearer is through that journey of where I'm sourcing my materials and and what I'm getting inspired by and what my tech printing technique looks like to when I'm creating to what the materials are and I think that that's that's something that I can tell that you're you're really interested in as well <clears throat> can you speak a little bit to a little bit more to that. Yeah, I, I absolutely cannot agree more. I think that's beautiful. And I agree. I, I, I mean, coming from like more of a background in human science and um, just value in general, I think that humans want like value in their products and what they're wearing. And as someone who is already like attuned to those things, like that's what I seek out when I buy something. Um, and I think that's what makes things unique. And we are, it's just not sustainable anymore to buy things at surface, like surface value. I don't think that like, I don't, I find that very few people, um, like that's not really a trend. <laughs> Let's just put it that yeah. way. Like it's more trending to, to like know the maker and to know the process and yeah. to, have some ethical or sustainable values as part of the product because like ultimately that's the most interesting thing, you know? Yeah. And I think that there is in society there, it's a lot more taboo in, in 2021 to like, to buy anything, whether it be like fashion or accessories without knowing the maker or like knowing the process or having some understanding of like the cultural and aesthetic value of the product. If it's, you know, something made in a different country, especially. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I mean, your brand is amazing. And that's something that attracted me to it as well. And like, wow, really valuing that art. Um, so I think probably 
in general, everyone could uh, afford like more of like an arts education as part of yeah, like, right? <laughs> as part of our like education system. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, I love to incorporate my process into my work and kind of for me, the, like the end product is meaningless without like the process and the work, um, because it's such a beautiful part of creation. Yep. I completely agree. Um, totally lost my train of thought. I can kind of, I can speak more to that also. Okay. Yeah. Go for okay. it. Yeah. Um, so when I was, I lived in Mexico city in 2019, I was working for fashion designer, Carla Fernandez, and um, it's basically slow fashion. And she works with artisans in like communities all over Mexico. And their process is like such a huge part of their product. Um, and I think that like that kind of cultivated even more of like an appreciation of like where I stand on, on fashion and like making art and this kind of like collision of like art and design. That is like a very niche industry and like, isn't sustainable in the sense that it can't it doesn't have mass appeal um but just like kind of understanding that beauty um really i think speaks to me and um is just like very fulfilling as an artist yeah i think that you know something that like stands out to me about you and your work is that you just sort of are so invested in it from all angles. Like, like I said, I think just from kind of your upbringing and what you studied in school and a lot of your different life experiences and, and how you're invested like in the cultural aspect of textiles, as well as the design and the process and being an entre entrepreneur. And I think it sort of culminates into this like beautiful, like, uh, like um, recipe, you know, and, and success is a hundred percent um, in your future, I think, like I said, if, if, you know, you keep at it, what I know that when we did your written feature, you were talking about, um, kind of like a one-year plan, a three-year plan and a five-year plan, which, um, seems funny after going through COVID because it's like, what is a plan anymore? What even is today anymore? But if we could ask what the future of Bridget Thompson looks like, um, whether it be in the near future or sort of far off in the distant future, um, what's your answer there? Thank you um, for asking that. I would say that my goal with my personal brand is to have my own textile and surface design studio that collaborates with fashion designers, brands, interior designers, um, basically clients coming to seek out specifically my work. And in terms of a timeline, you're so right about COVID, just changing the timelines of our lives. I would say that it's looking like, initially I thought, you know, it'd be sooner, but I'm really finding that my job is offering me a lot of experience and skills. Um, and it's something that I'll stick with probably for, you know, another year or so. So the Bridget Thompson surface design uh, brand will be kind of slowly rolling out over the next, I would say 2022. Um, and 
um, yeah, so now I'm held accountable. Let's all, let's all watch and see. <laughs> Everybody shoot her a DM <laughs> yes, in 2022. <laughs> Where is Bridget Thompson? No, I love that. I, I love that. And I love that you're doing it slow for me. I know that there's a lot of different ways to get there, but to me, slow has always felt right for me. So I, I totally know where you're coming from and, and I'm so excited for everything that that you have in store. And I just really thank you for coming on and kind of sharing your, your creative journey with us. Um, is there anything sort of, whether it be a book, a resource, a podcast, anything that you would want to share um, or anything that you want to add and just um, bring to the Oluguapa community? Yeah, I would say that um, in terms of resources, I think I mentioned like the Forward Female and then the digital agency I'm working with is Saturday-ish. Um, and those are more geared towards like really creative business entrepreneurship. Of course, I love the NPR podcast, How I Built This. It's amazing and addictive. Um, and then, yeah, the only other thing I would say is just like really diving into your inspiration and the artists who inspire you and kind of the history of the, of the artists, um, because I think that like can really inform you and inspire you in new ways. Awesome. And where can we find you? Pimp yourself out. Share your Instagram, website. If anybody wants to reach out for a, a collaboration or a commission, where can we find you? Yeah. So my website is www.bridgetbstudio.com. My Instagram is at bridgetbstudio. And there is a platform to contact me on my website if you're interested in collaboration or have a print and pattern idea uh, for your business. So please do not hesitate to reach out to me via DM or email. Awesome. I absolutely love that. Well, thank you for coming on, Bridget. It was so great talking to you. Thank you, Nisha. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Bridget Thompson. I hope you gained as much value and inspiration from her story as I did. If you love what you heard, please make sure you rate and review this episode on Apple Music and or Spotify. It really helps to spread episodes like this one to other creatives looking for their daily dose of inspiration and I would be forever grateful. But before we go, if you haven't already, make sure you head over to olaguapa.com to check out this month's collection of guapa girls you won't want to miss out on. Head over to olaguapa.com and discover your new favorite female-owned and artist-made brands today. With that, have a beautiful week, Guapas. As always, sending you tons of inspiration and lots and lots of love.